This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Hey, it's Michael. This is an interview that I did on the Just Method show with Nicole Gerard. Normally, I don't repurpose interviews that I do on my podcast channel, but this one in particular, I think is crucial uh, for the audience to hear. And uh, in the show notes, I'll definitely have the link to Nicole's show. And I highly encourage that you subscribe to that and and follow the awesome work that, that she's doing. So enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Method Show. I am your host, Nicole Gerard, and today I am not joined by my partner, Kirby, but instead, I'm excited to let you know we have a guest on the show, Michael Levitt from The Breakfast Leadership, well, actually, Breakfast Leadership, Inc., and The Breakfast Leadership Show, your podcast. Is that right? That's correct. Awesome. So thank you for joining us today, Michael. Glad to be with you today. So for those of you that don't know, and those of you that follow, I was actually on Michael's show. We had a a great conversation about three weeks ago. So for those of you that haven't seen or heard it, I will link below to it. But for those of you that do not know who Michael is, I am going to get him to introduce himself. However, he is a burnout and CBT therapist and coach, global thought leader, absolutely, author, speaker, problem solver. He's everything all in one. He's the package. So I would love for you, Michael, to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what Mm -hmm. Breakfast Leadership is. Great. Again, great to be with you, Nicole. Yeah, Michael Levitt with Breakfast Leadership, organization I launched a few years ago because I realized that there was a ton of people around my circle and then also across the globe that were burning out. Now, we're seeing this a lot uh, in the news today, but you know, I started working on this several years ago because I realized through my own journey and experience that burnout can be pretty detrimental to yourself and the people around you, whether it's at work, uh, loved ones, family, friends, you name it. Yeah, And absolutely. going through my own story of burnout, uh, I realized that there were so many things that I could have done differently to prevent it from happening in the first place. So that's what my mission is. And that's what the organization is about to help people either a get through the burnout that they're in right now, or Mm -hmm. more importantly, if possible, prevent it from happening. See, and I think that's wonderful. And I think that's part of the reason why, okay, you and I are friends now, obviously having floated Mm -hmm. around the same circles for years. Mm -hmm. But the thing I love about what you're doing, it's actually So for us at The GIST Method, we speak a lot about resilience and that mindset and how to avoid getting to the point where you are burnt out, either as an individual or a business. But you and I both know, and you're absolutely right, it's so easy to get there without realizing it, that all of a sudden you find yourself in this place where you're burnt out, you're overwhelmed. And a lot of the information you share on LinkedIn, I think it's of such value Um, So the question I have for you, first of all, actually within your business is how do people find themselves burnt out so quickly in your experience? In my experience, there's several things that tend to give them warnings. One, if they're listening to colleagues or friends or loved ones, they'll see that that individual is burned out before they will. 
uh, they, oftentimes people that are burned out don't even recognize that they are. Mm -hmm. But some of the signs that I see often is increased mistakes at work, um, poor eating habits, the sleep patterns are completely mm -hmm. messed up. Uh, they've lost joy of life. Uh, the things that they used to enjoy doing, they don't. They don't get any excitement out of it anymore. Those tend to be uh, some of the key things. Also, relationship problems. If they start having a lot more arguments with coworkers and loved ones that they normally don't do, that tends to raise a red flag and indicate, okay, there's something going on here. So what is it that's usually going on? I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but... What is it that you're seeing that's most prevalent to cause this situation? I, I think the biggest single cause that I see is a lack of personal boundaries. And mm. we see it in the workplace uh, where people are constantly connected to these things. Yep. <laughs> and, and there's no shutoff where their bosses are sending them messages at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night mm -hmm. uh, asking of the status of a project. Well, yeah. most people on Saturday night yeah, depending if they're out, um, you don't want to get an update on how the project's doing because liquid truth sometimes comes out at that point if they're out. <laughs> and or, or in my case, yeah, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, I'm nowhere near any clubs anymore. And that's, that's for my yeah, daughter. Yeah. That's, that's my daughter's. <laughs> I've handed the baton. Okay, daughters, it's, it's, your, yeah, it's your turn now. Yeah, you go, you go clubbing. I'm, I'm yeah. going to stay home. Uh, but the boundaries thing is a big thing because they don't have boundaries in work. Uh, they don't have boundaries at home. They, they uh, oftentimes too, because work starts getting so busy or life starts getting so busy, they start cutting out time to take care of themselves. Mm. So what happens is they're not fueling themselves. So they're running on start maybe a half tank and then eventually it's an empty tank. They are completely uh, just drained. And at, at that point, um, they start making more mistakes. They start running into all kinds of problems. And it really creates some problems. It, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's the thing. A lot of people sure. think, and I joke about this, it's like you wake up tomorrow morning and go, oh, I caught burnout. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. take uh, two Advil and I'll be good. But yeah. no, it it builds up over time. And oftentimes it's innocent that it happens. But then you find yourselves in a situation where all of these things start collapsing and you start thinking, okay, is the world out to get me? What's going on? And you start thinking these things and you lose clarity. Uh, your head's kind of foggy. Um, and there's all kinds of other symptoms as well, but those are some common things that I see. So let me ask you a question. One thing that we've noticed in our work and one thing we try to target is working with the senior leadership teams. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I agree with this, that it, it's top down. And I always liken it to, kids emulating parents, the same thing happens in the workplace. What you see senior leaders doing, you're going to do as well. So I love the example that you gave about, say, your director messaging you on a Saturday night. To me, the root cause of where this is coming starts with the director sending that message on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, coupled with the individual having boundaries and saying, I think what it is, is people don't feel that they're able to say no or that they're allowed to have boundaries. Is that what, yeah. like, what do you find with that? Oh, I, I completely agree on that. And I often say that no is a complete sentence. <laughs> totally. And people need to say no to things and establish these boundaries because unless you're an emergency room physician, 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe you work in IT that has to have a hundred percent uptime, like sure. bank banks, for example. Yeah. Uh, but most everything else doesn't need to be up all twenty four seven, and you need to establish those boundaries of not checking emails after work hours or on weekends. And as the boss, as a director, you lay that foundation down. The good mm-hmm. ones will say, "I'm not going to email you." after five o'clock on a weekday and I'm not going to send you any notes on the weekend. If I have a thought and you know, I'll, I'll speak personally as a director in the past, if I had a thought or something that I needed to comment on, I'd make a note or I'd even send myself a note and say, okay, on Monday morning, email this person to work on this thing or put it on a task list or whatever, mm-hmm. but don't send it because when you do that, then the employee often thinks, okay, this is the expectation. And I would correct people and, and tell them, why are you sending an email on a Saturday night? Why are you sending an email Sunday afternoon? Don't do that. Make a note of it because if someone sees you do that, they expect that they have to do it and then they're checking email. If it's the weekend and we don't normally work weekends, don't work weekends. Uh, and, and I think many organizations, and I'm seeing this a lot, is organizations are spending way too much tra- too much time trying to figure out how to do all of these things and they've forgotten who they are as an organization and uh, a board member that I had on an organization years ago uh, would it was a volunteer board would often challenge the board to remind themselves who are we because they would want to do everything save the world go do all these great things which there was nothing wrong with that sure but they needed to focus on what they were there for. What's the mission of our organization? And if you know that, and it's not just something on a boardroom wall, but you actually live and breathe what the mission of the organization is, Mm -hmm. then anything that comes up, any opportunities, you vet it against that. It's like, does this align with our mission? If it doesn't, don't do it. Um, And, or partner up with an organization that does do that. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, if you want to add an additional offering to somebody, but otherwise you end up watering down everything you do. There's confusion everywhere in the organization. And that's how stress can happen is if there's not clarity from the upper management on the things that you should be working on, you have no idea. It's like, okay, what's, what's priority one, everything. No. (laughs) And, and, you know, so that's one of the exercises I have people do is, you know, literally is, print out a sheet and I have the most important tasks for the day. Mm-hmm. There's three lines at the top. Those are the more, most important tasks. You can't write anything more than three things on there. Now below you have other things you can work on. So if there's a bottleneck or something in one of those three, then you can jump around and say, okay, well I can work on something else. But you do that every day and you focus on that. What'll happen is one, you'll get things done. Mm-hmm. And two, you'll have a, better idea of, of workloads. And if you hand it to your director and say, okay, here's, here's my three sheets of most important tasks. Um, hopefully they'll clue in and go, mm, okay, maybe we're overloading you a bit. Yeah. So then it, tell me how as an organization, and I think looking back through our own careers, mm-hmm. it's really difficult oftentimes for an organization to take that step back. Right. So through the work that you've done and what you're seeing now, how does the senior leadership team, the VP, all the way up to the, the board, how do, like, what is something practical? Because we all know in theory, 
mm-hmm. what we should be doing. But do you have right. any practical advice for looking at, you've got forecasting, you've got your strat plan in front of you, you can see that you've only got X amount of people, X amount of time, X amount of money. Mm-hmm. It cannot all be done. We can't right. just hope it will. Like, what, what is your recommendation, like a practical thing that leaders can do so that they aren't pushing overwhelming schedules and projects, mm-hmm. et cetera, onto the team? There's a few things they can do. Is Number one, they need to really know the strengths of their team. Mm-hmm. And, and you can do that through a variety of different ways, uh, depending on the size of the organization. If you've got a huge organization, yeah, you're not going to know every employee individually. Sure. That's just not possible. Smaller organizations, you can. You can mm-hmm. understand, okay, this person's strengths are in these areas. Okay, is there areas in this particular mission or endeavor, project, whatever, where they can thrive in? And if you can put that person in that role, mm-hmm. then they're going to grow. And what's going to happen is the quality of their work is going to be better because they're working in a space that they're comfortable with, they know, and they enjoy. Uh, and you hit it right on the head where you know, strategic plans and all this stuff can have all of these things, but much like the most important task, it's like, okay, for the next and I don't even go five years. It's like, no, yeah, it's same. like two years at max. Um, and you know, place that I'm helping out is in the housing sector. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And uh, we know housing, and you know where we're at in the Toronto area is an absolute <laughs> is an absolute disaster. Yeah. And there's a lot of political talk going on. But I'm one to say, okay, until I see the actual funding letter from the government agency saying, here's what you get and here's what we need you to do. Mm-hmm. It's all lip service. Nothing totally. against any of the politicians that are running. I don't care who you vote for, but at the end of the day, until they have something concrete, it's just, it's just talk. And, yeah. but you know, that is a sector that has a lot of changes potentially happening and the organization is like, oh, what do we do with the strategic plan? It's like, well, one, we don't do that five-year one, like I said. <laughs> Two, we go, we understand there's a lot of external factors that we have zero control over. And when you have that, um, then you can't necessarily design your strategic plan on things that you have no control over. So you have to look at things that you do have control over. And it's whether it's Improving the product or service that you offer, um, expansion or reorganization internally, whatever the case may be, look for the things that you can actually control and shape. And if you focus on those things, it reduces the, the burden and the pressure because upper management is pushing down, okay, you know, we need to get more funding for more housing and we only get our funding from the city of Toronto, for example. Mm-hmm. And the city of Toronto said they have no more funding. Okay, then why you keep pressuring the person to get more funding when you can only get, it's like there's only cookies in this one particular cookie jar and mom hasn't bought cookies in a while. There's no cookies in there. So mm-hmm. why, why do you keep sending them why to the jar to looking? grab a cookie? It's not there. Uh, also, yeah. get, get a glass container. You can see pretty easy instead of lifting up the lid. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. It's like get really clear and don't, we have to step back from wanting to change the world. And I know this may irritate some people, but mm-hmm. you can change your world if you focus on just a handful of things that you know you can impact on. Yes, we all want to fix things. But at the end of the day, what we need to do is, again, try to fix the things that we do have control over. And if you have that opportunity, then you'll start making some impact. And the second thing real quick 
make sure you involve the people that will be delivering these initiatives. Upper management has their meetings in the boardrooms and said, this is what we're going to do. And there's no input. And believe me, that can blow up really quick. I I saw it in the healthcare space, and I know you know that that space well, where (laughs) administration would come up with all these great things for the doctors to do, and the doctors will say, I've got 40 reasons why this won't work, and you could have talked to me about it. Five-minute conversation. And we could have avoided this you know, 400-page slide deck of something that will never get launched. Um, and it's and that's where you get people disgruntled because they're like, okay, here's another initiative and nothing's going to happen because they didn't talk with people that are actually going to be doing it. Yeah, and then no, nothing happens and everyone gets into that mindset of, okay, it's another change. If I just hold on for three months, we're back to status quo and they'll try something different. Exactly. Those are the smart people, by the way. They just go. It's true. They just they don't back. want to waste time. Yeah, why waste the energy? It's like once this is all done, I'll I'll start doing it. You know, yeah. The example. I want to see what's real. <laughs> yeah, the government funding. It's like, well, until I get the funding letter, it's not real. Yeah. Uh, it, it just doesn't. It's it's vapor. It's okay. Great. That's nice. Until I, I see want, something, go there. It is. Yeah, I want to ask you um, specifically. Just change pivot just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You did something recently that I thought was very interesting. And okay. you went and got certified mm-hmm. as a CBT therapist, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy yep. therapist, which I thought was fascinating and smart mm-hmm. um, f- because for us, we talk a lot about resilience. We're always on about resilience, especially mm-hmm. with the market that's happening. But, and you and I talked about this in our last conversation about the strength of a business, strength of the economy, strength of the community. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you made the decision to pursue that particular certification and how that ties into the work that you're doing. I was completely bored. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not, I, 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 it's hard for me to get bored. I, I, okay. I keep things moving. No, but in all seriousness, I noticed, especially in working with, with people that are burned out, mm-hmm. there was a lot of similar traits. Now, of course, burnout is different for everybody, but there were a lot of similar traits. Some things were based on their values and their beliefs and experiences that they had that went back to their childhood, um, you know, how they were raised. Uh, and, and even doing my own work internally on things, you know, it, it came crystal clear to me that one of the things that led to my personal burnout was I was a people pleaser. Mm. And I see that in my parents, specifically my mom, my dad somewhat, but he more or less goes along with what mom says. And um, that's how come they've been married for 50 something years. <laughs> um, that's a pro tip. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to her. Got yeah. it. Like, like happy wife, happy life. I think that's the phrase. I, uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely true in that situation. Um, it goes both ways, but in that situation, it works out well. Um, but it, so I realized that, okay, that was something that, okay, that's a behavior um, and there's thought behind it. And mm-hmm. I started looking into it a little bit more. I'm like, okay, there's, because we see in burnout, you know, there's no shortage of tips on how to address it. You know, eat better, get more sleep, say yeah. no, more boundaries, all of those things. But even, and those are things that I share and talk about. But oftentimes for many people, that still acts as, acts as a band-aid. It's not getting to the root causes 
of why the burnout happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to get rid of their burnout, which they should, but there's not a lot of work going on in figuring out why did you get burned out? Right. Let's dig into that. And with CBT, it allows me to ask a little bit more probing questions that they can flush out the answers themselves. And they, they basically realize it when, when I'm talking with people, like, okay, now I see. And, you know, the light bulb goes off and it's, you know, for some it can be pretty, pretty emotional uh, mm -hmm. when they realize that. And, and I tell them, it's like, no, look, it wasn't just that, but that is potentially one of the root causes of why it happened. Okay. Now what can we do to work through this so it doesn't happen again. Because I talk right. with people all the time. I say, well, I've been burned out two or three times. And as you can see, there's not a lot of hair here. <laughs> but when I hear people say they've been burned out two or three times, I literally want to pull my hair out because I was burned out once. I don't ever want to go through that again. I can't imagine yeah. why anybody would go through it two or three times because it's devastating. Uh, it was to me, and maybe different degrees of it, but for me, it was it was a pretty rough period to go through it. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that again. So to explain to me then what that looked like for you. Because a lot of the things that we, and again, we talk about here for the GIST method is mm -hmm. the get yourself together moment or yep. get your shit together moment. Mm -hmm. While you were going through that burnout, if I can speculate, there's going to be mm -hmm. some depression, anxiety, stress, lack of motivation. How did you, what was the pit, what was that point that you looked at what was going on around you, you looked at yourself and you said, mm -hmm. okay, you know what? Something needs to change. What did that look like for you? We'll be back to the show in a moment, but first I want to let you know today's show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, CloudHQ. With CloudHQ, you get access to over 20,000 influencers that have been curated by brands just like yours. If you're a brand, you know how difficult it is to find and connect with the influencers that your audience already knows and trusts. That's why I suggest you get CloudHQ. When you sign up today, you get access to over 20,000 influencers on Instagram. You can see loads of data about their profile and engagement rates before you reach out, and you have direct access to their contact information so you can reach out to them on or off the platform. When you reach out to them on the platform, they offer automation tools so you can reach out to a bunch of those influencers at one time. This will save you a lot of time and I guarantee it'll pay for itself in the first year. For Breakfast Leadership listeners, I'm offering a special discount. Normally, an enterprise subscription would go for over $1,500 a year. My friends at CloudHQ are offering a subscription for just $499 a year. That's a savings of over $1,000. You can sign up today by using the discount code BREAKFAST and save, like I said, over $1,000 a year. CloudHQ is a wonderful option for any brands that are looking to influence their marketing and looking to get their program off the ground. So sign up today using the link in our show notes and use the code BREAKFAST and let me know what you think. Like I said, I guarantee it'll pay for itself in its first year. CloudHQ is an amazing offer and it's a good option for anybody that's interested in influencer marketing. Now back to the show. I think the key moment for me was when I was going through the burnout and all the losses that happened and that year after um, a cardiac event, I realized that the things that I found important, that I valued, truly weren't. Mm. Um, the things, the house, the picket fence, you know, the titles, the, the, titles, <laughs> the yep. stature, all yep. of these things that were 
I want to say ripped away from me. I mean, I'm using that tongue in cheek because it, I was the common denominator in all of those things. I, I was, I was the other side of the equation. Yes, there were other parties involved, but um, the common person was me in those things. So the moment that I started realizing, you know, after losing those things and, and pausing for a moment and looking around and realizing that I was still there, I'm like, okay, I'm still here. Mm. Okay. All right. There's got to be some reason for that. Okay, let's let's start digging. Let's start looking at I need to change everything. Because I don't want this to ever happen again. It was it was a horrible horrible experience for everybody involved. I'm like, okay, in order for this not to happen again, I can't do the things that I did. Mm-hmm. So it was a you know, definitely a get your shit together moment where okay, I need to change how I approach things through work, relationships, my health, finances, you name it, everything. It's like, I cannot go down that road again. So what do I need to do? And it took time. It was a lot of research, a lot of conversation, talking with people that and finding mentors and and reading a lot. You know, that was one of the things that really helped me was just diving into some leadership books, growth books, self-help books, just studying a lot of things. And that's kind of how the CBT thing came about too. Uh, Although I was in healthcare as well, so I knew about it anyway. Um, But I I thought this is more applicable to that. But it it was that moment where I'm like, okay, I know I cannot continue doing things the way that I did. And when you're 40 at the time and reinventing yourself is not an easy ask. Because you've got decades of programming that you've been exposed to internally Mm -hmm. in yourself and to basically throw all that out the window and go, okay, we're going to reinvent myself. Um, It wasn't easy, but I gave myself permission to fall down and and stumble. And because I was just testing things like, let's see if this works. And for the most part, everything's worked out well. Why do you think that it's often this life-changing transformational experience that happens for people that makes them wake up and see Mm -hmm. with clarity where they actually are? Because I run into individuals a lot where what was the gist moment? What was the moment you decided to turn mm-hmm. things around and live your life on purpose? And oftentimes it's a death, it's a major mm-hmm. career loss, it's mm-hmm. health issue, a divorce, etc. Like why, in your opinion, from what you've mm-hmm. seen in your experience, why does it take an individual so long? Why does that catalyst have to ignite before they actually say, okay, I'm going to do this on purpose now? I, I think... And you know, this is a blanket statement, of course. I think many people are going to choose the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tony Robbins' quote, you know, about you, you're not going to change unless you know the pain to uh, change is less than the pain staying to the staying the yeah. same. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that because sure. uh, a lot of people say, you know what, it's just I'll just go this way. I'll just yeah. do it. Um, it's it's good enough. But what happens when you do that is you're robbing yourself of your best self. You really are. Mm-hmm. And, and again, too often we delegate our care to others. Uh, we delegate our lives or delegate our lives to others. We don't 
take control of what we do first. Um, mm. And sometimes, again, depending on who's in our lives, um, that might be a difficult conversation because if you've been behaving one way and now you're changing and you're doing something different, yeah, the reaction may not go over well, especially if it's with your boss or loved ones or things like that. And mm -hmm. when you have these situations occur, you kind of have to dig your heels in a little bit and say, look, this, I have to take care of me first. I can't take care of anybody if I don't take care of me first. You're and to, uh, analogy with the mouth, Exactly. Right? It, yeah. It's the absolute yeah. truth. And too many of us don't. Um, we delegate our self-care or skip it or remove it because something else came up. Like That will catch up to you really, really fast. So to answer your question, sometimes it does take a significant emotional event to occur for, to wake you up and realize, okay, I have to change something now. I, I can't go back to the way things were because it, it's not sustainable and it's just not possible. So then moving forward, mm -hmm. the next time, like, do you feel that you're now capable of recognizing when you're starting to go down the wrong path and self-correct? Yeah. yeah. So then yeah, what yeah. would you recommend others do? What is that thing for you? What does that look like for you? Uh, well, a couple things. You know, when, after I had my cardiac event, my physician told me, you're not going to be a hypochondriac now, but <laughs> you are going to notice things a lot sooner than you ever did before. You're going to be more in tune with your body, and it's completely true. Yeah, just paying attention. So I have clarity with that. Uh, for me, you need to schedule, and this is something that I do, you, you have to schedule frequent check-ins with yourself. You know, like if you have a check-in meeting with you know, your, your family, if you're checking on your parents, if they're elderly or loved ones, or you're checking in at work or with a client, how are things going? It's the same thing. You have to check in with yourself and literally ask how things are going. Uh, mm -hmm. I... I am a heavy user of a calendar. I use an electronic calendar, which Same. I can access on the computer, on my iBinky, pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I know what's coming up. It usually works well. Every once in a while, something won't get on the calendar for some reason. And I'm mm -hmm. like, somebody, why are they calling me? I don't Something's have it on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, you look in the emails there, but it's like, why didn't I, that save in the calendar? Yeah. Or, or it's saved in some rogue Apple calendar that I never use. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, great. But for me, I, I, I schedule check-ins. I l look at my calendar. I color code it. And you, you don't have to use an electronic one. A paper one will work too. Absolutely. Col color code your things, um, specifically um, your self-care time, which can be exercise, reading, doing something you enjoy. Make sure that you see that color a lot in your calendar. And because I color code things. I can look back at the previous quarter, for example, which you know we're coming up at the end of mm -hmm. a, a calendar quarter. I can look back at my calendar and I can see, you know, patterns. You know, just from a color standpoint, going okay, I see a lot of this. I'm not seeing enough of this, and that way I can adjust my schedule and say, okay, we're going to have a lot more of that this quarter, or you know, knowing other things you do. And this, this works for everything. You be, you know, organizations, you know, each organization has busier periods than others. And if you color code those things, then that way when something comes up, an opportunity, you can look and go, okay, do I have capacity to be able to take this on without crashing and burning? 
or is this something we're going to have to defer until quarter one of next year, or maybe we'll never do it because it just doesn't align with things. Yeah. But for me, I just understanding where things are and keeping track of my energy and seeing how I'm feeling. And um, you, know, you can go as crazy as doing a food journal and an energy journal and just say, you know, how did I feel today? I'm a big fan of journaling so I can look back and go, all right, yeah, August was a crazy month and health-wise that was good where September is like, oh, everybody's back from vacation. Great. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all energized. <laughs> I've been working all summer. You know, it's like, great. Thanks guys. <laughs> you know, it's like um, time for me to go on a holiday pretty Take soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While, while you guys are working, I enjoy, I'm, I'm going to go down there and enjoy <laughs> nice. some warm weather. So, nice. so I, that's for me. I mean, I, and I, I know myself and I, I build in those check-in times to mm -hmm. look at things. And one of the exercises that I do in July and also in January is I look back at the previous six months, look at the tasks and things that I do, and I try to find something that I'm no longer going to do. If you're, an, entre if you're an entrepreneur, this is actually a good exercise sure. um, because you can say, okay, editing podcasts, for example, or writing content or researching content. Like, okay, yeah, I do all of that. Um, I should delegate some of that mm -hmm. and, and, or not do that, or maybe not do so much of it or you know, automate. And there's all these things. So you look at it and go, okay, what can I, what can I take away from this to give me some room for growth to, take a CBT course or an NLP course, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yes, um, or, yeah. So uh, all of these, all these things, you know, you, in order to add something without burning yourself out, something's got to go and you have to make sure that something that goes is, is not your self care. And too often that's what yeah. happens. People say, well, I'm going to take this course. And I'm going to do this and do this and sleep's overrated. Like, mm -hmm. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Oh, okay, Gary V. That's great. You know. <laughs> no, but that works for him. And I think that's a really good point. What people fail to, to recognize is he has built his team up to a point where he can, like, and that's just his natural state. So mm -hmm. good for him. Cool. But of he has course. a lot of infrastructure around him. Yes, he does. And I think the, the key word that you used was capacity. Mm -hmm. And one thing that businesses have and organizations have an opportunity to get better at is instead of adding, 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 well, that project didn't finish, we're just going to keep going. There, there seems to be no end point to things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the adage of like when you're spring cleaning, if you know, you're going to bring one thing in, one thing goes out. Right. I think we're at a time and a place now where it's even more important to look at that as an organization because we're September. Mm -hmm. And most organizations are now saying, okay, we're doing forecasting and strat planning for 2020. What are we going to do? What's the direction? What are we? But no one really takes a look and says, what are we going to finish? What are mm -hmm. we done with so that we can concentrate fully and move forward? And I yeah. think that is part of where the introduction of the extra stress and anxiety and then eventually that burnout comes into play because you're trying to do too much. Exactly. The capacity is one of those keys. So I'm really glad that you said that. Yeah, I completely agree. And and I'll I'll tell you this right now. I am already tired of all the 2020 vision jokes and they haven't even started yet. You I know. know they're going to be everywhere. You're going to see images and slogans and logos and you're going to go, okay. Of course. 
Of course. (laughs) So tell me now what's next on the radar for breakfast leadership. I know you've got your books, you've got your Mm -hmm. consulting practice, you have the podcast. Mm -hmm. What is on the radar? What's next for you? And how are you going to handle it without burning yourself out? Well, I'm in the process of writing another book. Um, and and I, as I hit it before, you know, I'm doing some NLP coursework as well to go, coincide with some things. Uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and just again, because I'm, I, it's something that's a little bit outside of my realm. So it's, it's neat to learn it because again, it can help me basically work and help with people a little bit better uh, because I can ask some more questions that may bring to light for them uh, some of the things that uh, nice. has led up to their to their burnout and it's 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 just interesting and, and need to be able to do that so yeah. those are a couple things that are going on um, you know there's gonna be speaking opportunities in 2020 uh, on some conferences and and whatnot so that's that's coming up uh, a lot of a lot of personal travel this fall uh, because that had worked pretty busy the summer. Mm-hmm. Summers tend to be quiet for me, mm-hmm. uh, and the falls tend to be crazy. And I did a reversal this year, mm-hmm. which was an interesting experiment um, because usually summer tends to be a little bit more low key, and mine wasn't. So my body is kind of yelling at me a little bit, going, <laughs> "What did you just do?" And I said, "Don't don't worry, body. You know, we've got we've got three months of." Uh, some vacations, some warm Good. weather, you know, get away from some things. Yeah, I've automated a ton of stuff. You know, the, pod, the podcast, you know, I've got episodes that are in the can and releasing between now and next May. So, um, so I've got a lot of elbow room on that. Uh, so it helps. Um, but it doesn't, from an outsider's point of view that consume my content, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're not going to notice anything because there's new episodes releasing and blog post and all of that stuff is all uh, all done and taken care of but and it will release uh, appropriately but you know so the content will still be there but mm-hmm. um you know i'll i won't be in front of the computer posting it it'll be done automatically and but I'll that be, took a lot of planning right it did it did so a lot of coordination important. planning research you know what tools work because you know this you know with and a lot of the online stuff, there's so many tools to choose from. Um, yeah. Some work better for others than they do for me and Absolutely. vice versa. And so that's it's, okay. It's called trial and error. You know, right. Ed- Edison took a crack at the light bulb a thousand times. So, you know, <laughs> there it's, you go. You know, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully I haven't downloaded a thousand apps to try to automate yeah. a post. Although but, you, you know, could. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you could. You could. Um, so I will post all of your information where everyone can find Michael. He is everywhere, but I'll make sure to have it below. But just mm-hmm. so that everyone can hear, where can we find you? Where's the yep. best place to find you? Uh, breakfastleadership.com is the website. Uh, the podcast is Breakfast Leadership. You can find it on all the major platforms. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, I got a Facebook page as well. So Perfect. if you just look up Breakfast Leadership, or if you Google the hashtag Breakfast Leadership, you'll you'll find a lot of content. And there where can as well. we find your book, your current book? Uh, the two books I've got: Three Hundred Sixty Nine Days, How to Survive a Year, Worst Case Scenarios, and then the other one that I co-authored with Dr. Arlene Battisil, Preemptive Strike Leadership. Mm-hmm. Both those books are available on Amazon. If okay. you're in Canada, you can order them online at Chapters or Indigo. Uh, Barnes and Noble has them in the U.S. Um, I know there's a couple copies of both books still at Indigo in the in the Greater Toronto area, uh, but uh, otherwise you can order those online. Perfect, love that. Well, I'll make sure that everything is down below. 
Awesome. Mike, thank you again so much for being the first guest for oh, my pleasure. the Just Method show. I will have you back again. I think what you're doing is absolutely fascinating awesome. and important. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, be happy uh, to come back. Good. We'll reconnect again. Until next time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.